All right, hey Oz, let's get this going. I'm coming, I'm coming. Take it easy, I'm coming. <laughs> I'm excited, man. We've got this podcast to do. I don't want to. Anxious, let's do it, right? How are you feeling? Good. Feel great. Good weekend. Yeah? Yeah. But what did you do? Visited friends, from old friends from college, from Mercer. Had a great time. Saw one friend I haven't seen in like two or three years. Okay. So I had a great time. Hang out with them for three or four days. Good reunion. Nice reunion. Oh, yeah. We're going to do it again. Hopefully soon. What about you? Good stuff going Good. on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That man, yeah. For sure. I had a soccer coach meeting that I went to, and I already set up the plans for the U10 girls that I'm going to coach Good. this next season. Ooh. So I'm really looking forward to it. And we got this podcast starting right now. It's really exciting. It's yeah. really, really exciting. I'm really looking forward to talk to you about all the latest topics in the soccer world, the latest games, and the scores, and the players, and the stories that are out there. I know, man. Honestly, I don't know why we didn't do this earlier. We didn't think of this earlier. This seems like the sort of thing that we're made for, right? Right. Everyone's, everyone's told me that, man, you should start a podcast or start a blog or something like that. And I was eh, I don't know. Yeah. And then... Naturally, man. You're so naturally knowing the game so much. I'm so impressed of the facts that you know, the stats that you know, the history of the soccer that you know, that whenever we come together, I feel like we have a good connection and we can spit out soccer terms, we can spit out soccer stories, and we can spit out the latest and the most exciting. So we're going to take you guys to a story back in the days we're gonna take you to old finals we're gonna take you to old games we're gonna bring you so much material and content that it's going to be a really amazing journey and sometimes we're also going to bring you to the future mm. wow future as you say oh man we're gonna go straight into the future games do you think we could go into the past as well we will go into the past. Oh, and what about the present? We're always <laughs> going to work from the present. Don't forget, it's always about the now. I agree. You know? I agree. Where I live here now in Atlanta, USA, from my background, from being born and raised in Sweden, and my parents are from Turkey, is going to be an amazing, good cultural exchange, especially when it comes to soccer between me and Kerry, yeah. that is born and raised Atlanta raised, American raised, being just like a straight American, I find it's so interesting that you, Oz, with such a two distinct and diverse cultures, your background, Swedish, Turkish, soccer mad countries. <laughs> so interesting yeah. How, how, yeah. how they blend together in places, how they differ in places, listening to you, just looking at you, just oh, watching man. you play. Thank you, thank you. It's like, wow. Uh, it's the same now when I'm here and sitting with you, you know? And it's amazing what soccer can do. And we all know that it brings people together. Uh, where I live here, I have a train track pretty close. It kind of brings me back to my childhood memories. Mm, yeah? Yeah, man. Um, in Sweden, in Örebro, we had a garage in the backyard. And me and Dior, my twin brother, we used to go out there so often. Mm. So often and play soccer when we were kids. He used to be Arsenal. He used to be Berkan, Ray Pollard, Seaman. He used to be, you know, Vera. And I used to be Juventus. Ooh. I used to be Conte, Piero. I used to be Buffon. <laughs> um, so it was great times, you know. Every time the train was close, you could hear it in the far distance. Mm. 
And you could hear really that, okay, you know the train is about to come. Right. It might be a couple of minutes away. And you made sure that you put that ball, you made sure to put that ball on the penalty spot. And you were the commentator at the same time. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you were saying, you were saying, oh, it's the 90th minute, it's 1-1. Well, Dennis Bergkamp score against Buffon. Well, Buffon saved this. What's going to happen? It's the 90th minute. And as you could hear the train coming closer and closer and closer and closer. Then Dio would go to the spot after he put the ball up, go back and go in. And when he scored, man, when he scored that ball, he used to go out and really cheer with the train sound, which we made it as a crowd. Yeah, I know. I, I've done the same thing too. But I've always, I'm envy that you had a garage, man. <laughs> yeah. You could like make it like as a goal or something, right? Exactly. And exactly. My house doesn't have a garage, and but I would go outside and we have a fence okay. around our house. I'd make the goals like the little, you know, stanchion or whatever that. Yeah. The, on the sides. On there. the sides of yeah. all the of the fence. Yeah. So all around the fence. And I'd use like one or two of those as my goal. And I usually I'd be out in the street and just kick it on the set fence. I have to like you know wait for a car to come by. I would have used the car as like a, as like a crowd, <laughs> yeah. but I couldn't be out in the street and the, when the car was driven by. But man, those those were the days because I I remember it playing is. as like I dribble the ball around as fast as I could, as many touches, do as moves as I can, pretending I'm playing with the U.S. and like oh, nutmeg. Rafa Marquez from Mexico, yeah. or yeah, or Javier Mascherano from Argentina. Yeah, play. I was Arsenal playing against Barcelona or something like that. Champions League was big, man. For yeah. us, it was big. Sometimes we even just straight up did penalty shootouts. Ooh. you know, we he had five penalties, I had five penalties, and we were so excited. Yeah, when we again heard that train sound coming. <laughs> You know, he did it slowly because the time it right. But one time, it was my turn. I put the ball on the spot. I backed it up, and I scored. And then the train came, and I just went up. Yeah, yeah. winning penalty. Winning penalty. Man, Amaz- imagine, imagine living that dream. You know, amazing. As a as a kid, ten year old, to dream and fantasize. That's amazing. Welcome to Oscotch and King Soccer Podcast Show! Kerry, we are in 2017 now. I know. And we have left, finally, feels like, for a lot of people, mm. finally, yeah. we kind of have left 2016 behind us. Yeah, a lot of people are glad to see 2016 go. Good um, riddance It's a lot of people. It's, it's been almost like a relieving to get into 2017. Yeah, new year, new... New opportunities, new future, new promises. Yeah, new, new promises. Right, new promises that hopefully a lot of people can keep. Mm. We'll uh, see if they do. 
But a lot of big, big events happened last year. Oh, yeah. It wasn't all doom and gloom, Mm-mm. you know, depending on your perspective of 2016. Amazing stuff. Amazing. Happened. And even some of it, even the stuff that maybe we see every year. That's yeah. why That's why it's great to be alive because there's amazing stuff like big games, tournaments, finals happen every year. Yeah. And 2016 was no different than that. And it's excitement and drama. I yeah. mean, it, it, it's almost like, it's almost like in the soccer world, the year of the stories. Yeah, I've heard, yeah, year of drama or upsets, underdogs. Yeah. Big stories, really big stories in 2016. I mean, we've been seeing a lot in the past, but this was incredible. I know, wasn't it? Anything particular? I mean, there's so much, it's hard to pick one thing, I know. But if you were to pick one, it's an impossible question to ask you, but if you were to pick one big story or one not one big story but one moment one Uh, moment sure man sure a very vivid soccer moment for me last year was when i was in dominican republic we were staying in a a beach house and you know how humid it is how hot it is outside you have the pool and it's really good weather and we also made barbecue and we were sitting there and had the tv outside and uh, watching this game and really this game is almost like a a revenge or a revenge might happen in this game you know it's between two teams from the same city it's two teams that actually played this game a couple of years back a rematch a rematch it's a rematch of the century man it's Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid in the Champions League final. Yeah. You know, we all know how Real Madrid won the last time when Sergio Ramos scored the equalizer almost at the end of the game. Yeah. Virtually the last it wasn't a kick, header, last last hit of the hit of the ball, touch of the game. Right? And then he scored and Atletico were crushed, weren't they? They definitely got their spirit down. You, oh, yeah. you could tell in the overtime how Bale scored and then yeah. obviously Cristiano Ronaldo scored and showed his muscle to the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was really pumped, man. I was really pumped to see another game between Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid. How is this game going to be? Who's going to be the hero? Who's going to be the goal scorer? Uh, who's going to bring the cup to their own team and the museum. Yeah. Uh, who, which fans of the city are going to be able to go home the next day and brag to their neighbors or their co-workers and say, hey, we've won. <laughs> what have you guys got? We're working to the town now, right? I mean, it's great to see Atletico Madrid again in the final. Yeah. The game ended 1-1. Yeah. The game ended 1-1. And the overtime slowly... Nothing really happened. Hmm. Nothing really happened in the overtime. No big chances. Nothing like that. And then the penalty shootout. Uh, the most dramatic way to end a soccer game. It's not quite the coin flip that I think a lot of people say. There's plenty of skill. There's some people that are better at penalties than others. Yeah. And there's a real uh, mental aspect of penalty oh, shootouts, isn't time. it? Big time. Can I just say, I personally, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if this would take some of the excitement out of it. But uh, 
anytime I see a game that goes to extra time, yes. I'm always hoping for penalties because <laughs> I always want to see that drama, that excitement. Me too. I mean, it's a huge excitement. Yeah, it's a huge excitement, and it's it's nerve wracking, man. Yeah, I know. Even if not, even if your team's not even a part of it, mm. it's like even if you're a neutral fan, yeah. you are excited about how this game will end, and. Uh, you know, it, it, it kind of brought me back to my childhood again. Yeah, <laughs> just talking about it. Weren't <laughs> yeah, it kind of brought me back. Laying up the penalty spot, being the last one. Are you going to score? What's going to happen? You know, it's almost like you've been dreaming from being a seven-year-old, eight-year-old, nine-year-old your entire life to come to this final exactly moment mm. when you are the last penalty shooter. And you can bring one of the biggest trophies yeah. that you can win as a soccer player. And you are the one that can actually make it happen. Cristiano Ronaldo. Of course. Cristiano. Cristiano. Over and over and over and again, he just improves, improves, improves. It shows, it shows, it shows how great of a player he is. Really want to be best of all time. All you time. Have to, you have to. You cannot say anything else. Even you, if you're a Barcelona fan, you somehow, if you can find it, you have to admit. He's one of the best players to have played. So far. Oh, yeah. Incredible. Cristiano Ronaldo, man. He went up to that spot and he just put it in and went to the crowd and cheered for it. <laughs> oh, my God. I wonder, you mentioned your childhood. You wonder in situations like that. I don't think he hasn't been in a lot of situations like that. I remember uh, he missed the penalty yes. in 2008. Yes. And I remember in 2012 Euros against Spain, he didn't even get to take his penalty. Exactly. Because they, they, are, they already lost it before he could get a chance. So this was finally his moment in the penalty shootout. Like I said, the most dramatic, yeah. <laughs> dramatic way to, for a soccer game to go. And he finally, the way that you dreamed as a kid, that I've dreamed as a kid, oh that my he's God. probably dreamed, he's definitely dreamed as a kid. And then it finally happens. The stars aligned and he gets his chance to be the hero in a penalty shootout in a Champions League final for one of the biggest clubs ever. And he delivered. What a incredible man. I want to tell you, Cristiano. Thank you for giving me this moment. I just want <laughs> you to know. Juan Fran. It's hit the post and come out. And Cristiano Ronaldo is next in line. Ronaldo, who had a penalty saved when Real lost to Bayern in a shootout four years ago. It's Ronaldo! It is Real Madrid who win the UEFA Champions League. 
for the third time in a European Cup final. There is disappointment for Atletico. La decima for Real two years ago. Now they have their 11th Champions Cup. The UEFA Champions League trophy. And it's been handed over to Real Madrid. Angel Maria Villa has handed it over and it's raised by Sergio Ramos because Real Madrid are UEFA Champions League winners 2016. Incredible, man. Incredible. Incredible, you know, incredible. So tell me about your soccer moment of 2016, if we kind of want to go back. What did mm. impact you? What do you remember? I mean, we had the Euros. Yeah. We had the Euros. Yeah, I think I was probably going to go that way. Just because this was a special Euros, different from the past, this expanded number of teams. Yeah. Yeah. And France, which growing team. They've been a powerhouse for a long time, but got a lot of young players, up-and-coming superstars like Pogba and Griezmann. And also, France is just a great host country, you know? But also, I think one thing that struck me with the Zeros is because everything that was going on in Europe at that time, right? Oh, yeah. Around yeah. even France in particular, but also places like Belgium and you know around the, around the continent uh, and the world to a lesser extent. Yeah, that's true. Struggles there for certain that are unfortunate and we hope come to an end it wasn't but france showed how great they were how strong they were they put on a great hosting event they put on they a great did. event and then we're gonna bring it back to even farther than 2016 let's take it to 2004 oh yeah, i, I like this i like this i like where this is going don't worry we'll keep come up. back to 2016 <laughs> keep worry. it up keep it up but Take it back 12 years yes. previously. 12 years, man. It's been 12 years, huh? I know. It really has. Oh, my God. 12 years. <laughs> like we're old. It feels <laughs> like it, man. Oh, wow. Okay, keep it up. So, Portugal. Yeah? Euros, 2004. A young but talented team with some veteran leadership mixed in. Figo? Figo's Deco. one. Deco. Deco's one. Nuno Gomez. Nuno Gomez is one. Rui Costa. Rui Costa, oh my God. Pauletta. Pauletta. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about him the other day. Yeah. And of course, a young Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano. Hosted the Zeros. They pretty much swept everybody. Get to the final. And then they face a team, an upstart team. Yeah. Nobody gave a chance. I mean, is that happening in soccer? You know what I mean? I know. Does that really happen? That kind of random with low odds team goes through the entire championship like that. And at the end, 
wins. They win. They stun this Greece team. Greece team. Stun the host Portugal. The powerhouse Portugal in their own home and takes home the title and they're legends. Even if you're not a fan of Greece, they're legends. They're good on in history. Right. Probably, right? Keep in mind, it was the first time that the opening game was also the final game. Greece yeah, started yeah. against Portugal and actually won that game they did. too. Yeah. Maybe it was, it was a sign of things to come, wasn't it? <laughs> oh my God. I mean, you would think that it's impossible. Yeah. And then they come back. The exact same thing happens again. Yeah. Angelo Kerstes, header, goal, one nothing Greece. Portugal stunned. You know the, the famous image of Ronaldo in tears? Young oh, Ronaldo. Yeah. I think he yeah. was like 19. 19. He was crying so hard. Yeah. Real, so, so red in the face. And he oh, fell no, for him. Yeah. So bad for him. Yeah. Fast forward. Back Fast forward. To 2016. Yes. Portugal, decent team, but no one, not compared to even like the France, to Germany, to, to Spain. Mm-mm. Certainly a decent team, but I don't think a lot of people have them winning it. Get to the final. Get to the final. Against all odds, playing even a strong team like Croatia, who was doing really well. Yes. And get to the final against who else but hosts France, who... Oh. Were pretty much destroying clubs or yeah. countries. Yeah, and France was strong. Oh yeah, they had Payet, Payet, and Pogba. I Pogba. said Griezmann. I said yep. Giroud, Lloris, Lloris, Koscielny as you well. Know, I mean, if you want to drop a couple of names from the Portu- Portuguese team, you don't have that many. No, I don't see. Still don't know who some of those players were. I found out maybe know them are who they are now. Some, but you have Ronaldo. You have Ronaldo, and you have players like you know. Think about it. You have players like Carvalho. Yeah. You have players like Nani. You have Pepe. Pepe. You also had Koreshma. I know? know some of these players like Koreshma and Nani were they were so promising at times. Yeah. But then they they their careers kind of dropped off, dropped, didn't they? Yeah, they, it did. And it they're did. getting up there. I think they're all in their 30s or so, too. So yeah. not necessarily the youngest of teams, either. I mean, I've never seen any anything like this because it's pretty am- amazing if you think about it, dude. Like, um, when you watch the game, mm. it was it started off good, but pretty early on on the game, Ronaldo got a tackle. Yeah. On his knee, yeah. and he, you know, he he got injured. So kept trying to keep playing, didn't he? he? Yeah, he yeah. did. He did. I mean, you kind of t- could tell that when he got injured, he started to. He kind of realized immediately that it couldn't, it wouldn't work. He went out and he came in again. Yeah. And shortly, he just sat on the pitch yeah. and uh, started to cry. Yeah, and he started to cry, man. It's bring back that 2004 again oh. when you see him crying after they lost, right? Is Ronaldo must have been thinking deja vu all over again. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. He gets a second chance to take Portugal, who, you know, like I said, aren't aren't decent, but not as strong as some of these other powerhouses. He gets a second chance, and he's not going to want to fail it again, right? Right, and Ronaldo is all about, like, these games. I know, yeah. And he's in a final, you know. He can make his mark. He can somehow maybe even score the last penalty goal, right. something like or a goal in the overtime. Yeah. But now... He, they took him out. I know. Unfortunately for him, they took him out, yet he still had an impact on the game, didn't he? He did, man. <laughs> he did. I don't think I've ever seen a player, especially even a substituted player, still so active once they're not playing. Running around on the side, <laughs> <laughs> shouting at players, shouting orders, 
he was more noticeable probably than the coach, your actual coach. Dude, he at one point kind of pushed away the coach and <laughs> even went in front and yelled at the, his teammates. He pushed them. He guided them. He was true captain on the outside. Eder scored 1-0. Extra uh, time. Extra time. And now Portugal is up. Ronaldo is all up in the air and waving and cheering and come on, <laughs> come on, come on. And what an amazing trip to do, you know, emotionally. Yeah. What an amazing trip to do. Maybe within what? We're talking about 50 minutes, Some maybe? Mind. Probably an hour, hour or so. To go from like almost being devastated yeah. that you cannot play this game. And now you actually have chance <laughs> to win it and sure enough they did win it oh. Ronaldo got to lift that trophy spare thought for France who it's like the roles were reversed where Portugal in 2004 were in France's shoes and now once they win in 2016 they're in Greece's shoes everyone expected France to win that yeah. they're the host team they're the stronger team yeah. spare moment for them and then spare thought of course for Portugal who completely turned around in those four years they played, or not four years 12 years they played completely different from 2004 that they did in these finals, Euro finals. They were pretty defensive, weren't they? Definitely. They were defensive, not as attacking team before, no. not as much organized. And they didn't have the profiles either. No. So it was a bit surprised that they actually made it that far to the final. Yeah, it was. That's the thing. It's a great team achievement. Definitely. And even once Ronaldo, their biggest star, leaves, everyone else has to step up and get the exactly. job done. Exactly. And they did. Exactly. But I got to bring it back to Ronaldo. Finally wins a major trophy Oof, with, his with his country. It's a country that a lot of people ruled out. Yeah. Yet again, the whole <laughs> team proves everyone else wrong. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Ronaldo definitely deserves to be the best player of the world in 2016 yeah, too. Absolutely. He won the two biggest things. He played a part even in the final if he didn't play much. He still played a part in the final. Yep. He played a part in getting them to the final. Yeah. So he did it. He, he did it. He did it. He did it. He did it. What a what a summer for Ronaldo, right? <laughs> Champions League again, winning penalty like you said to top it off European champion with Portugal as well. So imagine being Ronaldo flying back to Madrid. He has his mom there, he has his brother there, he has his son there, and then just lay on that chair or on the poolside and just close his eyes and just enjoys life. I wonder if at that moment, just as he's drifting off to sleep, yeah, if if memories of young boy Ronaldo in the backyard kicking the ball around, <laughs> going screaming. For, once, as soon as the train comes by, he's screaming, pretending to win Champions League, pretending to win the Euros, becoming the best player in the world. And, and right by that time, he looks up and he sees his son kicking a wow. penalty shot into the goal. Wow. I just wanted you to know... Bum, 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 bum.
This is what we do at the Oscotch and King Soccer Podcast Show. We are here to entertain you, to give you a show. Hopefully you will like it and listen to us week in and week out. We will make sure and hopefully produce good podcast shows that you will enjoy wherever you are in the world. Yeah. Remember, we welcome feedback, we welcome questions, comments, fan interaction. We're all about that. So Exactly. So make sure to go to our website, ozcotchandking.com. Ozcotchandking.com. How do you spell it, Kerry? O-Z-K-O-C-A-N-D-K-I-N-G dot com. Also, like us on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Instagram. Yep. Oscar and King. You know, Kerry, this mm. is the beauty of soccer, right? That's wonderful. You never really know what can happen in a game. Yeah. We thought that it was impossible that Greece could win, mm. and that happened. Mm-hmm. Thank you, because that gives a lot of belief. Mm. Even in games, man, like last-minute goals or you know incidents red cards, so much stuff is happening. And I'm not sure if you remember this game. And I want to test you on this. I want to see if you remember this game because it was incredible when I watched it. And it's actually a championship game. English championship. English championship game. I think this was like three or four years ago. Mm. And it's a championship qualification game to get to the English Premier League. Mm. And it was a game between Watford Leicester. Do you remember this game? I think I know which game you're talking about. <laughs> There's only one game that comes to mind. Oh, yeah? And uh, I didn't actually watch this game live, but I, I've seen highlights. <laughs> oh, man. Can you can you kind of tell me how this game was? All right. So let's go to the second leg game. Okay. The first leg ended one nothing to Leicester. Yep. Goals scored in second leg 2-1. to one. Late in the game to Watford. Yeah. Watford needed another goal. They were down on the away goals. Leicester would have Leicester would have advanced if it stayed, even though they lost. Because it's 2-2 in the... On aggregate, overall. Yeah. It's deep into the game. It's deep, I mean. Way deep. How deep? Like, six, seven minutes into stoppage time. 90, second half stoppage time. 96th <laughs> minute. 96th minute. And like 40 seconds in. You know, I remember it that much. Wow. <laughs> wow. Because I remember it was four minutes overtime mm, yeah. in the game. And uh, you're talking about 96 and a half right now. 96 yeah. and 40. Yeah. A penalty is given to Leicester. Oh, my God. Penalty is given to Leicester. Manuel Almunia. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's in goal for Watford. Oh, Leicester scores, they secure it, 2-2 two to two in a day, 3-2 to two on aggregate. They secure it, they're going through to Wembley for the final oh, of, wow. the Premier League, of, the, of the championship playoff. Yes. Leicester has a penalty yep. to take. This is, this if is... they score, they go to Wembley. If they miss, they still go to Wembley, right? Right, yeah. They, they close it out. Penalty's taken, miss. Saved by Almunia, in fact. In fact... Double save from Armenia. The rebound went right back to, I can't remember who the penalty taker was, unfortunately, but right back to him. Took another shot. Again, saved by Armenia. 
and then hoofed away by the Watford defense. And you want to know what happens next? Oh my god. Still keep, keep going. going? Keep going. Alright, the ball's hoofed away by the defense of Watford. Taken down. I remember the touch. but I don't know who the player was, but the ball was cleared sky high. And he brought it down the first touch beautifully. Oh, nice. And then charged up the field the other way. Everyone, think of everyone in the stands. They're just, they're just, <laughs> this is at Watford, by the way. Yeah. At Watford. They, they're just clapping that I mean, you made the save. Yeah. <laughs> and then, at some point, charging down the field, they must be thinking, you know what? We actually have, we're about to create a task here. It's a counterattack. It's a counterattack. Fast counterattack. They're thinking, no, maybe we, we actually have a chance to score here. Yeah. And the ball comes in as a cross. Who was it? It was actually Jonathan Walters. So now it's Stoke. Jonathan Walters heads it back. Wait, wait. You remember that? Yeah, I remember. I know. I remember some players' names. I don't remember other players' names. Oh, man. Impressive. Impressive. (laughs) Jonathan Walters heads the ball back. And then Watford legend, captain, star, face of Watford, Troy Deeney, comes in late, smashes the ball home. Three to one on the day. Three to two on aggregate for Watford. The place erupts. 97 minutes. 97 minutes in. He just runs <laughs> into the crowd. And Joao Francozola runs and slips. And the entire <laughs> stadium just go absolutely nuts. Never seen a place go so Never crazy. Never from saving the penalty. Getting it out. A counterattack starts. Put the ball in. A header and a half volley. And a goal. And Watford goes to Wembley who won it, scores it. Leicester City go to Wembley, and it's the end for Watford. Knockout takes, Almunia saves, knockout follows in, Almunia saves again! Absolutely astonishing. Now here come Watford. Forestieri. Here's Hogg! Deeney! Do not scratch your eyes! You are really seeing the most extraordinary finish here! It almost mirrors the final day! With the very last kick of this playoff semi-final, Troy Deeney wins it for Watford and sends them to Wembley! Well, we talked about Troy Deeney being an influence in this game, and that is exactly what he has been. But to me, not justice has been done in terms of the penalty. I didn't feel it was a penalty, so knockout, not scoring. Afel was right, but you talk about a team that just doesn't give up, that keeps going, that keeps believing. Almunia, the hero at one end, and within 10 seconds, how quickly the Watford comes straight down the other end. Talk about being positive, about believing in yourselves. They just keep going, they keep the ball alive. And Troy Deeney has covered an awful lot of ground. Jonathan Hogg does quite brilliantly here to knock this back. Composure, you betcha. What a finish this is. And well, it looks like Watford are going to Wembley. Man, it cannot be easy to be a Leicester player or fan after that. I know. know? They're, I'm sure they were distraught. Oh, devastated. Devastated. You can't even... I couldn't even write up a script like that. Oh, I Can was you? running around, dude. I bet. <laughs> I was like, what the hell just happened? And do you even care about Watford or Leicester? No, <laughs> no. I'm still. like, what just happened? What did I see? <laughs> this is amazing. You know, this is unreal. Cannot be easy to be a Leicester fan after something like that. No, man. I've had Leicester fans for, even for the 
next few years. Oh man! After that, we're I mean, struck. if you remember, Leicester City won the next year, so they kind of kept going with the good the squad they had, mm. and they won and they made it to Premiership, mm. and uh, with the Premiership, the first season there, that was not easy. No, they struggled, didn't they? They, they did. Had a tough time. Premiership definitely different. Premier League definitely different from the Championship. Big time is a huge difference in levels and what it comes with. It. Yeah, the money they have to cope with the money. Team coming up from the Championship is always going to have the odds against them. Their first season, aren't they? For sure. Just staying up in the second season is, is something. And they almost got relegated, didn't they? It was like last four games. Leicester City had to win the last four games to survive in the Premier League. They had to really like <laughs> win all the four games left. It was that dire. That that much, man. Yeah. You know, that much. And uh, they, did it. they did it. They did it. Incredible. You yeah. know, they did it. They did it. That's a good, you know, team team spirit overall. And for the new season, they followed that. They got Claudio Ranieri. Yeah. And I heard in an interview, the players told in an interview that the first two weeks, he he just said his name, introduced himself, and then just observed, mm. observed the players, observed how they are in practice. But he also knew a lot of facts about the players before he took over. Mm. So he kind of said, Ranieri kind of said that also that he didn't want to make that much changes. Yeah, I remember that. But bringing in some of the, his Italian tactics, I think, way of playing, which is interesting because. Ranieri's been given a nickname. He's been the Tinkerman. 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 Someone tinkers with a lot of things, makes changes. Okay. And he has a he has a good resume, pretty good resume. Yeah. Ranieri. Yes. Played coached big clubs. He Juventus. Yes. He coached in the Premier League. He had some Chelsea, so yeah. he had some experience in the Premier League. Never managed to win the title, but coached big clubs, coached in Champions League. Yet even so, some people I heard, I remember hearing, doubted him once he. He joined Leicester. Oh yeah, he, yeah. They didn't think he was the right fit. Oh yeah, he got a lot of a lot of bad messages from the media. Yeah, this is not the right move. This is not the right coach. This is not the really coach that Leicester City needs. Yeah, will he? He's, he's not. A, he's not. He hasn't coached a team like Leicester before. Mm-hmm. A team that just barely escaped relegation the previous season and is expected to have to be in that dogfight again. But Claudio Nieri is also in this generation like Ancelotti, mm. right? He's Trapattoni. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes you forget how many great coaches Italy has produced. Yeah. Apparently it is quite a coaching hotbed. You see coaches nowadays, the younger generation like Conte yeah. and Allegri. Allegri. So they're just moving on, aren't they? They are, and they are. And Lister had a great start. They did. They had an amazing start. I think it's pretty funny. Even after the first round, Leicester City was on the top of the league. And uh, a lot of media people made fun about (laughs) We won't see this happening at the end of the season. Just wait for May. Right. Everyone says it's the first few weeks of the season. Teams are going to, some teams are going to string results even if it's like a I remember Southampton I think the season before or yeah. two seasons before 
were in that position as well. I remember Wigan was in that position mm. too. You know, got into a new league and had a good start. But usually after Christmas time, it kind of uh, dips. Yeah. So the, as the season wears on, as the tournaments pile up, get into FA Cup, yeah, League Cup if they're going well in that. So normally, the beginning of the season you can't really judge too much of what's happening at the beginning of the season. But it's fascinating how the players and the coaches always says we think about the next game, always yeah. the next game, always the next game, and it makes sense. You don't want to really put the thought or the pressure of like. Yeah, we might win, or we're going to be the winners. You yeah. just have to focus on the next game. You don't want to look too far ahead because too far ahead isn't what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's what's the immediate future. It's happening right now. Right now, you need to worry about. And they that, that philosophy seemed to work. They they you know stayed in. And out. I can't remember if they were on top the entire time. I don't know if you remember, but they were up there with the yeah. with the big boys for a couple first couple months. Yeah, they were. They were and. Amazing tales like Jamie Wardy. Yeah. He played low league divisions before and now spits goals. Yeah. I think he set the record, didn't he, for most consecutive games in the Premier League with a goal. 11, 12 games, games in a row. In a row, man. Yeah. And also that fantastic goal against Liverpool. That Wally yeah. over Simon Minolet. Yeah. I was like, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute. I was like 30 yards out. Too. Yeah, that was, that was a really good goal. Wait a minute. There is something going on here. What was good about Leicester is that they knew they had a distinct game plan. They all, all the players knew what their roles were. Look at Jamie Vardy. And first, that goal was so surprising because that yeah. wasn't a typical Vardy, Vardy goal, mm-hmm. right? Normally, he's fast as hell yeah normally all their goals are fast counterattacks, maybe booting the ball downfield or one or two passes and then Vardy's well even if the defender has like 10 yards on him yeah Vardy still gets that ball before him and is in on goal and that's a typical Vardy goal very, you, you, that's what you'd expect from Leicester yeah very deadly in the box and then you had Riyad Mahrez that has a background from Algeria yeah that used to be told that he won't be a soccer player, he can't be a soccer player, he's too skinny. Why are you going to the Premiership or England to play soccer, you know? But he always kept believing himself. Yeah. And that season he turned it on, didn't he? I mean, do you guys remember his goals against Manchester City? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, that was brutal. Oh, that, those were the ones where he... Who was it that he did that? Like, Demi Kalis, I think. Oh, or no, Otamendi, maybe. He completely twisted him inside out. Yeah. <laughs> Twist, tricky player. And and then plays the ball. Yeah. You know? Plays it far post, curls it in. Top notch stuff. Very important player. Also, N'Golo Kante. Yeah. That Chelsea bought for this season. And Chelsea bought him for the reason that he is a very, very skillful player yeah he's he a professional it. he proved it last year didn't he? he definitely did he was the key in the midfield defensive yeah. midfield for leicester city yeah covering a ton of ground winning balls smart player a lot of energy right yeah dude. <laughs> what <laughs> about Ruben? Hoot, 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 hoot. <laughs> i mean this guy this, this this guy used to play for chelsea this guy used to play for stoke and i think fulham as well Fulham as well, like he he's been around a couple of clubs, but 
he's never gonna be uh, a champion and win the medal. He's gonna no. barely made it to the German national team, not yeah. even close, yeah. right? He in, in that partnership he had with Wes Morgan. Oh yeah, Jamaican yeah. player, Jamaican international. Two talk about center backs, too. Oh, massive. They're like they could be like football players, American football players. Yeah, they're, they're huge, huge, right? They're huge, and they're no nonsense. Boot the ball forward. If it comes anywhere near your goal, to boot the ball forward, get it out. No one, the team can't score if, if the ball isn't near the goal, right? So exactly. And then you have uh, Kasper Schmeichel too mm. in goal. Yeah. Like uh, I mean, I remember when I watched a YouTube clip of Manchester United winning the treble, and you could see Kasper Schmeichel lifting the trophy. His dad was the massive. Massive keeper for United, yeah. and he was like I don't know, maybe eight years old, and he just walks around <laughs> on the pitch <laughs> with this incredible team. You know, he got a chance to play for Manchester City when Swengarn Eriksson was there. Yeah, and he started good, but City chose to play with Joe Hart instead, and then he went to Notts County. He went to different lower league teams too like league one and championship and eventually got a chance to to get week in week out games with Leicester City yeah. and this season that season he was amazing yeah one of the top goalkeepers of the league I guess what we're saying all in all is Leicester had some some real gems in their team yeah that at first glance Really, I'll cross the oh. across the team: goalkeeper, yeah. defense, midfield, striker, and the coach as well. Exactly, they had some real talented components in their team, and they delivered. They did exactly what they were capable of. Yeah, that's on a consistent that's, basis yeah. for months. So then people started seeing, getting into November, December, people started actually, even if they didn't believe it, started actually posing the question. Can Leicester City finish in the top four? I mean, so. keep in mind, man, this is a team like lost the qualification to get to Wembley in yeah. the last minute. Yeah. They won the championship. Yeah. Barely survived in the premiership. And now they're on to the top of the Premier League. And uh, all the media couldn't see this coming. The sports journalists, the people, the fans couldn't see this coming, even though they had the capability or the gems, like you said, in mm. the team. We couldn't really see what was coming. And it kept going on for so long, so uh, long, uh, so long, yeah. until it started to become really like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait Are a minute. actually posing a threat to the title? Yeah. Even the, Again, even the media, I'm sure, all across the world were saying, no, Leicester is not going to win. They're going to drop off. Not probably not get just miss the top four or something, just like everybody else. Manchester City, <laughs> yeah. Arsenal, or Tottenham was in the title race around that too. Will overtake them, and just like we expect, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, we didn't see that really coming. Do you remember that one interview when he was asked about you know the team and the title race, and he kind of got upset. I mean, not upset, but he had a funny response to it. Yeah. He's very funny guy when you yeah. look at the press conferences and how you say remember that interview? pretty likable guy yeah i think i remember the interview you're talking about i mean let's let's listen to that interview let's go to that interview 
It's amazing, amazing. And also, hey, man, we are in Champions League. We are in Champions League, man. That was my next Dilly question. Dilly Dong, come on. Uh, you forget, you speak about blah, 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 but we are in Champions League. That's what my next come question. on, man. How big an achievement for oh, you. Oh, it's fantastic, it fantastic, terrific. Well done, well done to everybody. The honors, the, 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 honor, the, 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 the fans, to the players, the staff, everybody, everybody involved. Also Anthony here. <laughs> but it's a great, great achievement, great achievement, unbelievable. And, and now we go straight away to try to win the title. Uh, this was when, you know, people started to realize, man, they are in Champions League. Yeah. They're just a few games left. Yeah. They can actually win this. <laughs> They've done everything that, like I said earlier, that they're capable of. And then people actually started to expect this. They didn't start to expect Leicester to drop off once they played against an Everton or Liverpool or Manchester United or whoever. Or even like a Stoke City or so. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't start to expect how oh, the season, the wear and tear of a grueling Premier League season is going to get to them and they're going to die off a little bit. A great run, but die off a little bit. People yeah. started to expect them to do exactly the stuff that we talked about. They expected Casper Schmeichel to make saves when necessary yeah. and Hooth and Morgan to keep the ball clear, boot the ball clear and the Rockstar uh, partnership that they right. did. They expected Mares to play these through balls over the top and be tricky, exactly. and Vardy to to run like lightning around the other way and, and score. This is what they started to expect, and they kept doing it. And I like the attitude he had when he said, "We're going all the way." Yeah, I did too. We're going all the way. I did too. <laughs> I love that part. You know, we're going all the way, and. Uh, you know, it's crazy to even think about, like, growing up, you went to Leicester City games. Like, you went to Leicester City games every Saturday. You went and watched the games. The city just talked about Leicester City. Lifelong fans. Yeah. Lifelong fans, man. You, you went from being a teenager, being an adult, being a you know, grown-up person with kids and family, and even you know, working and always meeting Fans. Leicester was on your mind the entire time. Leicester City, the club, was club. on your mind the entire time. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. And, and, you know, now there is this one game left. Just this one game. And it's very important for Leicester City that Tottenham drops points yeah. against Chelsea. Yeah. Tottenham needs to either lose or tie to making sure that Leicester City wins the title, man. <laughs> I'll make it official. Official. And I remember this game. Yeah. <laughs> I love this game. Watching this game, honestly. You know, I'm an Arsenal fan. Yep. You viewers, new viewers. Oz and I are both Arsenal fans. I don't like Chelsea. I obviously don't like Tottenham. Mm-hmm. But I also, I really don't like Chelsea. Mm-mm. But I've never rooted for Chelsea so much <laughs> in my know. life to spoil it for Tottenham and give Leicester City, the yeah. amazing Leicester City, the title. Yeah. And they, I think they, that's Stanford Bridge. And I think Tottenham was actually two goals up. Yeah, they were. Two goals Tottenham up. were a good team this last season. Yeah. And I think they're two goals up. And Chelsea were awful the entire year. But 
Eden Hazard led comeback yeah. for Chelsea. Completely spurred it two two. Fans were going crazy. Tottenham completely lost their their nerve. Really, they lost their composure, and because they knew that it was over. I think the entire soccer world were cheering on Leicester. Yeah, it didn't matter I, what color, what club you were at. I think everybody really, really wanted them to write this history. Yeah, and just think, everyone when when you were growing up, you like you mentioned earlier, you were you were pretending to be Juventus. Oh yeah, Dr was pretending to be Arsenal. There were probably times when you pretended to be I don't know Barcelona or yeah. AC Milan or so. I pretended to be Brazil, Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. and. No one pretended to be, no one like us, <laughs> pretended to be like a Leicester City or Watford, right? Yeah. Only people no from one. Leicester City pretended to be playing yeah. Le- as Leicester City. So, to have a club as small as Leicester with this budget that they did against the big clubs that everybody likes, the Arsenal's, Manchester United's, oh, Manchester City's. Against the Giants. Against the Giants was spectacular. No one could have ever seen that. Yeah, no one could see it coming, man. No one could see it coming. But you gotta give Claudio Ranieri again yeah. big credit. Yeah, this is a very interesting man. I know it's fascinating because he, like I said, he had a good resume. He coached Chelsea, like I said, Juventus, like I said, but he never won a league title before, and yet he has. He comes to Leicester City, little Leicester City, and beats out all these supposed giants and wins he wins his first league title as a manager. Just as Leicester wins their first league title as a club. <laughs> all those players have won their first league title. I mean, even at the stadium when this entire crowd was white and blue. Yeah. White and blue. And before the trophy is gonna come out, Claudio Ranieri does something that I never seen or would never expect in my life. I was just so surprised when this happened. I'm like, dude, is this really happening? Like, what's going on here? What happened? I'm like, dude, it was like that's why I want to give him a big credit, man. It was like. Claudio Ranieri on the podium mm. and uh, imagine the, the the crowds are singing and the players hasn't yet come out and he asks and he invites Andrea Bocelli to the podium Andrea Bocelli now you might wonder who Andrea Bocelli is he's a opera singer yeah He's an opera singer, and he invites this artist, the singer, to the podium to perform Nessun Dorma and Conte Partiro in front of the entire stadium, as everybody knows that we are the champions. How many people in that stadium do you think, at that moment, or as soon as the game between Tottenham and Chelsea finished, how many of them do you think thought back a few years previously to a Watford game when they were so close? Oh. They were high. They were high. They were going to the Premier League. They were going to Wembley. And yeah. They were, they were there. And then instantly 
all their dreams are crushed, crushed, devastated, like you said. How do you think they felt <laughs> now? Oh my god! Even 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 the people that is grown up by all the setbacks, all the bad news throughout the years, throughout the years, finally had something to believe yeah. in. And isn't it beautiful, man, that even the small guys sometimes can be big guys. And that's what's great about sports. That gives us hope that everybody can be successful and reach their dreams. Yeah. You know, we should listen to Andrea Bocelli at Stadium. King Power Stadium, Leicester. Leicester as a champions. Soccer is beautiful, and it's beautiful to be here and provide this entertainment show to you guys. We're really honored and we're happy that you guys tune in and listen. We even yeah. gave it a chance, you know. Like we want to thank everybody that listened to our first 
podcast episode ever. We are here as your friends. We are here as soccer fans. We are here as two good friends talking about soccer. And we want to give you a chance also to be a part of what we have started. We're real excited to talk with you guys, share our experiences and our thoughts. I think Oz <laughs> is definitely made for. I hope I, I hope I we are to be we are yeah worthy. <laughs> no, no, we are, we are. Listen, we had a good start. We had good topics, and we're going to be here with you guys every week. Welcome to the moment. Welcome aboard. One thing you can do is is to stop us now. I just want you to know. The sun is in my eyes. Woke up and felt the vibe. No matter how hard they try, we never gonna die. I just wanted you to know.